Conversations by Jacob Camacho isn't a heedless trek. Passage through this trail requires humility of heart in order for your spirit to transform. This venture will deepen your connections to the land, drenching your existence with renewed knowledge and satiated honor for the ancestors. In terms of wayfinding, this story and its path are fairly effortless. In my opinion, make space to deeply and critically think about everything that is being unveiled. Gaze over to the river sometime to adjust your center. And sweetie, listen. Once at the end of the path, turn around and come back. The following is a recording of conversations with the Nanticoke Lenny Lenape, the indigenous peoples of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware, with Jose Cruz. This audio recording was made by Jose Cruz, an indigenous Chamaru of the West Pacific, as he traveled the Kensington and Taconi Trail. In this recording, Jose speaks to himself and any future listeners that might encounter it, a trade a teacher taught him once to help him retain information. He left this recording with the ranger to share his journey of discovery with you. Nihala Tamoyokan, freedom. What does it mean to be free? To be recognized among the nation and across the world. So free that you and your people can move from state to state, ocean to ocean, nation to nation, and not worry about defending your rights? Never having to worry if your identity and culture will be accepted and respected. Nihala Tamoyokan. Free. Free to pursue your goals without the burden of oppression in its countless forms. What an unfathomable thing to have people who look like you painted across billboards, appearing on television screens, developing your devices, hiring you and promoting you both for your experience and your potential. I'm recording these thoughts on my digital recorder. If there's one thing I've learned, document everything and anything. As an indigenous person myself, I feel pain in my chest wherever I go. The colonizer's glory is painted everywhere, sculpted everywhere, and praised everywhere. In food, in memorials, in language. How have I spent so much time on this land without recognition and respect for those original inhabitants and caretakers? So, I've been studying to learn more of the Nanticoke Lenin Lenape. I hope their wisdom will join us somehow as you and I make this journey. Because we are here today to take a journey. Perhaps you've begun to search and ask questions as I have. Perhaps you will join me in taking an important step to learn more. Birds across the Delaware fly on unseen currents. Traffic clogs your ears and nostrils. The city is a land that hoists steel beams housing a social system dedicated to the brutalization and eradication of those who do not share the benefit of white skin. Is this you? No, this isn't you. We begin.
Where have the Delaware's fish and other sea life gone? How do they flow up and down this river? We no longer see whales making their way through. This city, this country must be built on bones. Bones of slaves, bones of Native Americans, bones, bones, bones. Sometimes they had to kill us. How else could they persuade us? How do we respond to this living legacy? It is not as easy as cheesy movies make it seem. Through the whitewashing of Hollywood, all people of color, no matter their ethnicity or nation, are often portrayed as humble, old, wise, a mentor, filling the narrative and screen time with reductive racism that further chisels away at our identities. Can you see the way history is not taught? The stories that make certain individuals in our country so scared, paranoid, and full of impeccable fear that it possesses their bodies, absorbing so much evil that they are forced to vomit it back out into the open. The same way industrialization has vomited the bones of slaves, bones of Native Americans, bones of the Lenin Lape, out into the Delaware, to crowd and flood the river ever so densely that one filters its water of joy. Do you see? Can you see? Imagine. 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, people found great joy in this water, along its brim, beneath its surface, with its currents. Let your senses find the river. Kaming is Pemalsu Haluet. Water is life, is it not? Imagine. Come see. When Taha. Daylight never felt like such a blessing until today. Staying holed up indoors for long periods of time can drive anyone insane. Imagine those without windows, without doors that swing both ways, allowing for an individual to possess the simplest of autonomies when it comes to dictating choice. Freedom of choice. How can one ever plead and fight for anything if they've never lost anything? Perhaps like me, last week you lost your job. Almost all of the teachers of color fired from your school except for the single one left to teach science. As a token, of course. Perhaps this is how you too have time today to roam this trail. Wondering if there's solace to be found. You know the story everyone wants to hear. How you overcame your greatest challenges despite failing over and over again. Despite the people you see in crowded parking lots and atop the pier. Despite the birds flocking above in formation. Better than you can manage any classroom. Despite traffic's exhaust spilling over from I-95, you know that nobody sees you. Nobody will even realize you're trekking through. A single grain of sand on a mile-long shore. Perhaps like me, one day before they fired you, you overheard one of your white co-workers in the teacher's lounge say, They own and operate all those casinos. 
Think about the money they pull in. If you want to sponsor an event, sanction a fight, host a fundraiser to fight cancer, they gather their elders for a ceremony. That is, if the elders have written a document stating such and such and whoever who is allowed to be on the premises. Now, if a white guy doesn't allow the Native American to be in his cohort at his job, that man's racist. But if the Native American only hires other Native Americans, that's not racist? From the copy room, where I was printing assessment quizzes unseen. That's because they were forced to be somewhere else, pushed out of their homes. That's because they've had everything taken from them. The green-eyed, blonde-haired comb to the side sounds uncomfortable. Uh... I know, right? Isn't that crazy? What else does one do but go back to flipping papers over and scanning pages, prepping for the month's lessons on poetry, turning the page to reveal Sherman Alexie's poem, Bestiary. Flapping wings above your head make you duck. A pigeon thought it best to fly right past your ear, darting towards something across the river. You look up. The sun is there, but now its heat has begun to feel more like a blanket rolling you deeper into bed. You've noticed you've allowed your feet to take you wherever they want to go. That's beauty. That's autonomy. The freedom to walk and step and tiptoe and pivot and lunge and sprint and run and jog and stand. That beauty of moving your body across the land. We take it for granted, don't we? Ahead in the distance was where something first caught my eye. Look deep enough into the shrubbery and you might find it. Far enough in that you can no longer see the Delaware but still hear it. If you lift a few branches away from your face, perhaps you too might see this item of interest. A necklace. As you reach down to grasp the object, a voice sounds behind your shoulder. You fall with a heavy thump shooting up the spine. Taking a rest? Um, I'm sorry, does this belong to you? Monishi. Here you go, I, I saw it when I was making my way down this trail. Caught my attention, don't know why, to be honest. As you hand it back to him, you can see clearly that the man is dressed in traditional Native American clothing. He lifts the necklace over his head, his long gray hair appreciating the sun with more joy than you did when you began walking down the trail. It's an extension of who I am, this clothing. You look at the trail. The trail. All around you, Philadelphia's urban landscape has been replaced with tall trees, forestry, fields, and other Native Americans alongside the river. Baskets and woven mats gathered in places by the river as well. I, uh, I... You slap yourself and pinch the sensitive skin on your inner thigh. The man looks at you with a face that wonders what you're doing. We have medication for that. Your speech. What? 
It's called Let Me Throw You Into This River so that you can learn how to put words together and form sentences. Well, it worked on my sister's son when he was terribly rude. Not to say you're rude, it just saying water helps us all. But that doesn't seem to be the case with you. Where am I? You walk out towards the river. You don't realize it, but you've kicked off your shoes. An instinctual response to how clean the environment is. The man looks at your shoes and smartwatch. It reflects the sun back into your eyes, painting its light across your forehead. It's okay. Relax. You must have been curious, looking for something, apparently. And how convenient it must be for you to travel all this way back in time to me. Do you understand the colonial tongue? That must mean the colonizers have permanently settled here. A child jumps into the river, chasing another. You both turn to watch them flow with the current towards a fisherman's canoe. The bottoms of their feet slapping its hull as they giggle climbing atop. An elder at the shoreline shouts something out. Tell me, traveler, do you know where my people are? You blink a few times, as if each blink was a reset button with the potential to take you back to your time. Your people? I don't know of any Native Americans in New Jersey or in Philadelphia. We are still there. We are still here. He motions with his hand to follow him down to the water. He steps onto the shore, filled with people's laughter and conversations. There's no piping semi-truck hauling processed foods over the Betsy Ross and Benjamin Franklin bridges. There are no bridges at all. There's no oil of any kind spilling into the Delaware. Come, sit beside me. Tell me about our future. Relax. You'll make your way back to your time. I just want to know what will change. You look all around, turning 360 degrees. Well, everything has changed. I would never dip into the Delaware, that's for sure. The Lenapehiwahituk, the river, carries our ancestry and name. I'm sorry. This, this is all... Well, it's, it's just so much to take in right now. Is there somewhere I can go? Why? We're right by water. By life. Why would you want to leave? Th- this is... I-, I don't know. Am I dreaming? I, I must have fallen asleep. Panic grips your heart. What if you've fallen asleep and can't wake up? What if you've tripped and slammed your head against a rock, rendering you unconscious? What if you went into the river and are drowning stuck in a dream? Hey, your face says, help! Take it easy. Perhaps if I was an English or British man, you'd feel safer? Much more comfortable? (laughs) He sends another stone into the water. A woman waves at him from across the river. He waves back. Sorry. Yeah, um... No, I'm all right. If you are unconscious or dreaming, there's nothing you can do about it. So, you just go with it. My name is Tish Kohan. I'm a Delaware chief. Or Tasukamen, Teshakomen, or Teshakonk. Usually on days like this, I make my rounds up and down the river. Today, I decided to walk alone and... 
praise the creator you arrived. See all these people out today? See what joy they possess? Since colonizers first arrived, their diseases killed off almost all of our people. We had around 5,000 from Lewis to Duck Creek, but the smallpox is menacing. They brought mischief, death, and rape. Even their own stories carry such atrocities. A descendant of ours said it best. He's from your time, traveler. Mr. Coker is his name. He said, we came to the conclusion when we saw so fewer Europeans dying from this disease that their creator must be superior to ours. You couldn't help but wonder why our creator has abandoned us and in an effort to survive, we Christianized in only a couple decades. We do what we need to do to survive so that our generations can have the privileges we have had and more. Mr. Coker has more to say. Many Lenape remained Christian for hundreds of years and assimilated into society, becoming property owners in the late 1700s. In Cheswold, we started our own community of Christian Indians. We became a hub of sorts and even had our own schools. You've never heard of Mr. Coker, but you do your best to remember his name so you can Google it once you return to your time. Much has changed in the last hundreds of years. How do you know all these things? You're not the first traveler to make his or her way here. You just started walking a trail here, didn't you? Or jogging? <laughs> this is why you meet me first. Let me tell you about the walking purchase of 1737, signed by myself and Lapawinso. Because you decided to start walking, I thought I'd share the story of manipulation and conniving with you. Some of my people allowed this to happen, at times even assisted in these evil deeds. When we signed the treaties with the colonizers, they took much more than we intended. The tract was determined how far as a man could walk in a day and a half. When the white men walked with us, they ignored how we appreciate the land, measure distance. We took time aside to rest and smoke along the journey, as is customary to honor and respect the land. The white men knew our ways and chose not to respect them. They ran, sprinted to cover as much as they could. Pennsylvania, large areas of land along the Delaware, from Nation Money, past forks at Easton and westward. Actions like these infested thousands of generations, seeds that gave birth to vines of thorns. So many lied and transpired plans to anchor themselves in our home, drive us out. This is the story. You need to know these things before you travel, as you walk this land. So many forget these lands are sacred. Do we go into their churches and stand on their pews, dance and laugh on their altars? So many colonizers forget this is our home. We are still here. You hear a jet plane echo its roar above your head. Looking up, you spot its trail cutting through the clouds. When you look back down, Chief Tishkohan is nowhere in sight. Your toes are in the Delaware, and instead of fish skipping by your ankles, 
A small bag of Cheetos and a Wawa cup bobble their way past your feet. The tree stump you were sitting on is now a large circular stone. You glance across the river, which smells more like sewage, and notice the fishermen have disappeared. You are back in your time. And surprisingly, it does not relieve you. Time will pass before you make your way back to the trail. When a white couple passes, walking their tall canine, their stare says, Ew, what are you doing here? You might as well quit caring what others think of you. It's the insecurities of another jumping to the forefront of their assumptions. When people mistake my identity and culture for another, so often I just want to say, Yeah, that's me. I am whatever you want me to be. Correcting them is too exhausting. Most people are comfortable right where they are. But perhaps you are where I am. Feeling like a cup so full of unwanted things that tipping it over to fill it again with new knowledge has become something of a dare. As you walk, you think of Tishkohan. Perhaps you were sleepwalking in the shallow waters of the Delaware. How interesting, though, that your shoes sat on the trail neatly placed with their toes facing away from the shore, welcoming you to slip your feet back into their soles. What was significant about the chief's talk with you? Listening to him, witnessing the children laugh with the current, the fisherman that picked them up in his canoe, the elders shouting from the shoreline, the women by the water weaving clothing by a fire. Everything. But most importantly, that a seed of realization has been planted, that you are beginning to learn a new story. You first came here to reflect about losing your job. In one month's time, you'll be homeless, the car, furniture, and clothes have all been sold. Your family and friends are on the other side of the world. You realize there is more that defines you. You've been in tough spots before, fallen many, many, many times. Sometimes you were sprawled out on the floor, sore and broken. But you always stood back up. Teaching was a significant... No, is a significant part of your life. And because the surrounding areas have communities so segregated, you're forced to ask, where do I want to teach? There are the suburbs of Pennsylvania, Delaware, and New Jersey, all predominantly white with an economic class that lives in privilege. Their schools aren't built like prisons. Their lunches are served fresh with health in mind. Then you have educational systems in communities of color with limited access to technology. Schools are set up like jails, metal detectors, and police crowd the hallways, 
and classrooms still use textbooks from the 90s. At mid-afternoon, when the sun reaches its highest peak, it casts web shadows through the window's metal screens. Makes sense, right? The same people who design schools design prisons. But not everyone knows this. Strangely, today you feel okay being alone and even allow your cheeks to stretch across your face in a smile. Your thoughts are interrupted when you see a cluster of fences and forestry too thick to cross. From behind it, you hear drums, beating a firm cadence in the air. You're drawn to find the source without hesitation. Marijuana smoke from parked cars blows over your forehead and into the Delaware. The honking of horns from the freeway sound dull, smothered with a thousand feathers, falling in line with the rhythm of the drums. Construction drilling becomes a high-pitched tune that creeps into the background of the drums, sounding more like a flute now. Then suddenly, a young girl's voice speaks into your ear. Psst. Listen. Here. We are here. Come on, join us. The young girl's voice sounds like she's above you. You blink twice and glance up. You've come to rest yourself on a patch of grass. You don't see the trail. You don't see any cars or the Philadelphia skyline. You see no shapes of concrete. What you do see is that the night has painted a canvas of stars across the sky. Millions glisten and sparkle. If anyone were to look into your eyes, they'd see a cluster of fine light. When you finally shake your head and release your breath, the girl speaks again. Hey, hello in your tongue. You must be the traveler I've heard so much about. Hungry? I got some venison pie here. Thank you. Mmm, I love to eat. You've never heard music like this. It courses through you, pumping through each artery and nerve with an energy making you remember the fire of joy. What's happened? You don't know where you are. The Delaware River flowing like a mirror to the stars, rolling water upon water over rocks with the soft glow that complements its shores and grassland is the only thing familiar. Hey, are you okay? You must be wondering where you are in the usual. Oh no, what happened? How did I get here? Can somebody save me? Come now, Alam Scotton, let's go. She offers you her hand and you take it, rising to your feet, dusting off the twigs and grass. Don't worry, leave your worry behind. What you need to do is empty your mind of knowledge and experience and learn again. I... Your name is Mem Suhwe for traveler. You like that? Many Dutch and British colonizers have forced their names into us without choice. You, however, have earned this name. You look past her shoulder to see Lenny Lenape dancing in a circle around a fire. We're going there. Follow me. <laughs> Don't be shy. They can't see you. You both have a seat on a mat fit with colored lines of shapes and design. The fire warms you and your shoulders relax. Nice, right? My family and friends here dance a dance to honor water and the life it provides. This isn't some magic or science. You and I are meant to have this conversation. You are a guest, my family and friends. I'll tell them about you when you leave. I don't know why nobody else can see you. It just is. Where am I? You're here, 
No, I mean... I know what you mean, Memsu Huet. You want to know where you are. Well, here is home, and you are my guest. She places her pouch beside her, near one of the elder's feet. He beats the drum with a calm, controlled cadence, closing his eyes with the music. You look across the tall blades of grass in the distance and catch sight of home several feet away. You must not be used to it, huh? The time from which you come, you don't seek permission to be in a land or space. You just claim your presence in it. You mean I need to ask permission to be at certain places? Well, wouldn't you ask permission before you enter somebody's home? See the cluster of stars there? I've already named 300 of them. Not all at once, of course. Sometimes my friends and I go to the nearest tallest tree, sit on one of the branches and count the infinite ways in which they dance. I'm sure the same stars still lay in the sky in your time. I've only seen a few, and they definitely don't look the same. The city's too brightly lit to see any stars. You can actually see Philadelphia from space, it's so bright. Like a mirror? <laughs> Not exactly. You turn your face towards the elder leading the circle. His drumming steady, his movements light on his feet from left to right. Off to the side, women sit together, a few babies in cradle boards at their mother's hips. The music has room to breathe. No chain link fences filter their notes. No cement walls for their sounds to bounce against. No freeway traffic sounds to disrupt their rhythm. You know, I've never felt so safe out here especially at this time of night. Growing up, if I'd stayed out this late, I'd be beaten. I've never been spanked. My mom pours water on my head if I act up, or my brother takes me into the river. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I'd definitely choose that over being hit any day. Water is life, and it can be really cold sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your time. You explain all the things that give you pain. Pour out all that seems wrong in the world. The lasting effects of colonialism, the inhumane treatment of people simply trying to survive. How one can work all day and still not make enough to live. How your country treats its veterans. How the homeless are ravaged by drugs controlling their bodies. How trying to address racism or sexism is treated as something that's politically correct. You talk about what it's like being an outsider everywhere you go. And when you take a breath wondering how much more you can say, the music stops. The elder that was leading the dance sips some water from his pouch and huddles with his family by the fire. You look up to the stars again. You can't stop staring at the stars. When you inhale, the air in the space weaves a life in your chest and you don't want to leave. The world is still alive though, yes? What do you mean? The ground. It doesn't cave in beneath you when you walk. The sky doesn't fall, and the sun comes as it always does. Demons will always be around. It's how we survive and find joy through it all. If you've never been humbled through the drowning of your own tears, how can you truly appreciate joy? I got fired from my job the other day. Joy is a mother- Yes! Joy is a mother. When I punch my friend in her nose, when I forget to weave a quilt for my grandmother during the winter, when I scream at my parents, the water that's poured over my head reminds me and teaches me a million things. But it's water, not fire, not food, not rotting veggies. 
and water is life. A woman seated beside her hands over a flute. She rests the flute against her shoulder, setting her fingers to play. Very good, traveler. Life will always be hard. But see us here. Surround yourself with family, with friends, with those who love you. Have water. Have joy. What's your name? I never got it. Alohakasan. It means one who instructs. She begins to play. Another elder leads the circle, a woman this time. And families around the circle fall into rhythm with their voices. Your memories of joy, pain, suffering, glory, death, laughter flood your body. And you allow the wall around your heart to slip one brick from its slot, then another, and another, until they have all fallen upon one another and begin to crumble. You blink and find yourself tripping over a pile of cylinder blocks on the trail. You break your fall with your shoulder, slumping into the grass, and notice a sign beside it that reads, Caution. You blink again, playing there as long as you want, ignoring the people walking and jogging by. When somebody's pug sniffs at your ear, you laugh and say, Joy. You begin to take note of what you find along the river. One, Philadelphia Industrial Correctional Center. Two, Alternative Special Detention. Three, Philadelphia Department of Prisons House of Correction. Four, Riverside Correctional Facility. Five, Curran Fromhold Correctional Facility. Ironic, isn't it? that five prisons can shoulder themselves against one another, yet those within can never see the life-giving water just several feet away from them, separated by concrete. You can't help noticing these alongside historic mansions that line this northern Delaware River Trail, fighting for preservation and maintenance. These mansions, these prisons, these are institutions built by the wealthy, so few of whom hold melanin within their skin. Hundreds of years ago, when Lenny Lenape first welcomed immigrants from Europe, they were greeted with war, famine, disease, and rape, a brutalization of history that our country's own Department of Education is too ashamed to acknowledge and honestly teach. You note that many do not want to know this information, do not want to know the indigenous perspective, because it makes them ashamed, because it makes them confused. As you sit and soak in the land and water around you, you know you can't forget the mansions and prisons surrounding you. This is a land that has come with great history, unfathomable consequence. You take note of the boats flowing along the Delaware. You think of the saying, a ship is safe in harbor, but you know that's not what ships are made for.
What has brought you back here today? The water, the river, the freedom to sit and enjoy the land in the park? You are beginning to understand and appreciate the Leni Lenape lands on which you stand. Even when plastered over with endless colonial images of Penn and Franklin, the Lenape are still here. And you do your best to remember that when you step into Wawa, when you enter Target, when you drive down I-95, when you eat on South Street, when you drink in West Philly, you are in Lenape Hoking. After noting your encounters with the chief and young girl, you ask yourself if you're ready to learn more, to truly humble yourself and lose your ego. Let's keep going. Since your last trip here, you've been researching. You recall an interview with Mark Quiethawk Gould you recently read. You try to be as a child, for a child asks why things are the way they are. You want to understand why this nation is built the way it is. These thoughts are swimming through your mind when you notice someone approaching. Hello? Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry, but I'm wondering if there's an information center around here. Um, an information center? Yeah. I haven't been here in ages, and I was wondering if there's a place here or nearby where I can learn about its history. She stands at about your height, holding a carved flute in her hands. She sees you glance at it. She places the flute in her purse, woven with red, yellow, and black diamonds and lines pressing against one another, slipping over and under one another. I was looking to play by the shore over there. I've actually been learning about this area in a unique sort of way. Oh? How's that? Um, uh... Do you mean college? Is there a community center around here that teaches this? I honestly don't know how to say this. I'm messing with you. You met Chief Tishkohan. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think you could only meet Lenai Lenape if you traveled into the past? I'm kidding. I am not sorry. We're still here, you know. My name's Esther. I live over in Vineland, across the bridge in Jersey. How do you... Is the how really important? And before you think this is some magic trick or journey into a world unknown, you can leave all that crap in the trash can. What matters is that you obviously want to learn. What matters is knowing our history, learning the truth. I was joking, by the way, when I asked if there are any centers around here that teach the real local history, indigenous history. I know there's nothing like that around here. I just wanted to see if you'd say anything after all those experiences. Huh. So what will you teach me? Teach you? I'm not some mystical being with oh-so-wise words. Who do you think I am? I'm here to ask questions. You're going to ask me questions. First question. Why do you keep coming back here? Others, actually, many, would have left after the first encounter with Chief. I suppose, as an indigenous person of the West Pacific, I'm eager to learn more of the area. And the fact that there's nothing physically present here to teach me such frightens me. Hmm. Because I'm scared that one day, inevitably, the same thing will happen to my home and islands. Because when I'm at home, I don't have to worry about these things. People speak English, but they can also speak my indigenous tongue, Chamoru. What's the indigenous language of the Nanticoke Lenin Nanape? Yunami. Folks speak it in Jersey, Delaware, and here, in Pennsylvania. Have you... So you've traveled through time here, too? 
It's a funny thing, this time travel. It chooses when and where to place you, all for a reason, all for a purpose. Say, for example, when the ancestors come to visit you. We don't witness these things daily. Certain people may come with a gift to experience things. Some through touch, sight, others through sound. But we understand it is on purpose because... Because it doesn't happen to us daily. Sometimes spirits will wait until you're alone, maybe even vulnerable, comfortable. That's the moment. We're relaxed and not thinking about anything specific. In these moments, our ancestors have a message for us. Look at the city. Notice the industrial buildings and institutions crowding the lining of the river. The broken down, abandoned factories, prisons, and mansions. I know, as a people, we can work together to better these spaces. To remember, honor, and continue its original beauty. But nobody fights for air unless they're being choked. Sense of urgency. Right. Hold on, let me, let me find my phone. I'm going to send you a video. So little of our culture is visible in this landscape. Watch it and appreciate. Observe how the media portrays us. Be observant towards its use of language. When her email arrives, you bookmark the link to save for later. Notice that in your conversations, no one has said goodbye to you. We believe you will always meet again, whether in this life or the spirit world. Even in these little things, we hold fast to our traditions and way of life. The Dutch, British, all these colonizers have done their best to erase us. Still here. <laughs> <laughs> You talk until the sun goes down, sharing thoughts and opinions of what Chief Tishkohan and Alahakasin shared with you. Esther describes her challenges growing up Lenin Anape, surrounded by white people who often teased and dismissed her. You wonder if, when colonizers do their best to erase all joy from you and your people, you can survive by laughing at your pain. Laugh, for the joy within pain demonstrates generational passion and commitment towards survival. Before she leaves the park, she reminds you. Rage is ancestral, but so is laughter.
song, y'all, hey, y'all. Just like birds were singing in my mind the whole time. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, You have reached the last chapter of this trail. But the road does not end here. You can follow the path, make new choices. You can wander to other trails. You can make decisions. Nihalatama yokan, freedom. You have the freedom to choose, and every day you will be sure to make the best of it. To serve a purpose in your own personal, unique way is a gift from the Creator. Today, Gray skies blanket the Philadelphia skyline, mist spilling over the skyscrapers, weaving through alleyways. You feel the urge to leave the weather behind, find solace in your car or a nearby coffee shop. But you remain, curious to see what will happen today. Each point you've reached on the trail has revealed a conversation, helping you better understand the Lenin Alape. Standing in the middle of the grassy field, you meditate on this ongoing exchange. You have seen the worst in yourself and in the colonizer's brutal actions. You struggle to find compassion in it all. A compassion that realizes the one life that you have should be used to better the world. Not as a savior, but as a contributor to a positive cause that builds the best in people up. You do your best to instill within what you have learned that you must do your best to bring joy into the world. Remember what it means to have Nihala Tomoyokan. You glance at your toes. You let them lead you to water. As you're reaching into your pocket to grab your phone, it happens. The skyline tumbles into itself, brick by brick onto one another like soft clay. The freeway and bridges along the river become ash that's swiftly scooped by the wind's current. You turn around. The parking lot turns into sand. Whirling into the air and pushing into the sky, the buildings of the riverfront, the mansions, food factories, century-old industrial buildings, all five prisons, along with street lamps, chain-link fences, concrete streets, all become thin flakes of cement twisting into skinny tornadoes, sprinting over hundreds of miles. The Delaware's tide rises past your ankles, knees, then chest. Once it cups your chin, you feel your toes tip off the ground and your body begins to float. The water washes into the parking lot and continues to rise. You stay calm, a witness to it all. Once the water has consumed every object in sight, you can mistake yourself for being lost in the middle of the ocean. For the first time since you've been traveling, you actually feel worried. No one is around you as you paddle, kicking to stay in place. The sky opens up to reveal the sun. Columns of its rays anchor into the river's surface, and though it does give you a sense of comfort, you begin to wonder if you'll die here, afloat in an unknown time with all the city and land gone. 
Fire forces your respect. It consumes, destroys, and makes way for new life. Water has its way of reminding us how precious life is, how much of it we need, and how easily, without its strenuous efforts, it can end us. You turn to the four sacred cardinal directions, to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. Once you've acknowledged all four, you see the shore, the same shore you were just on, except there is no city, nothing man-made. You find yourself in the river as clean as it was when you first met Chief Tishkohan. You wonder where in time you've gone. Come, hurry, before the sun goes down. You swim, kicking as hard as you can to reach the woman's voice. Once you get to the shore, your fingers sink into the sand as you bring yourself out of the water. The elderly woman is making a fire, behind some trees huddled together so densely you would have never known she was there. She warms her palms against its orange glow. It'll be chilly soon. Care to sit with me here for a bit? The fire is warm and the sky is clear. Thank you. My name is- Oh, I know who you are. You've come to travel. What time period am I in? Do you mean what year are you in? You nod. You sit across from her, the fire between you, a warm wall. From your lifetime, you are, say, 2,500 years into the future. What happened to the city? Where is everyone? It's only you here? (sighs) I'm about to make some tea. Would you like some? Yes. Please. I do not know what your time period will do with so much to come, but what you see is what mine has chosen to do. There was a great war over a thousand years ago. The leaders of that time sought not to fight with troops but with bombs. Many were able to evacuate to other parts of the country, but some weren't so lucky. She looks over the grassy fields, Blades of grass tall enough to tickle your shoulder. You lift your feet so their bottoms warm up. Are you here to warn me of the future? Not at all. As with all your opportunities, I'm here to have a conversation with you. You look out at the water. It's beautiful here. This water is the river of my ancestors. I built this home inspired by their non-invasive technologies. I still like to fish and hunt, as they did, though I do like my indoor plumbing, too. (laughs) I appreciate a place with a little stillness, a place where one can think. So the city is gone. I always thought because of its location it would always be here. Well, humanity has learned or relearned a few things, like the value of our environment. Most don't want to live in a place this remote, but they know nature's value now. The government deemed a portion of the land to remain preserved and has returned large tracts back to indigenous peoples, rectifying many unhonored treaty obligations. I have the honor of preserving and protecting this land, a tradition for which we are known and respected. So you don't need a permit to be here? I don't, though you might. (laughs) I love it here. Organic, sustainable, renewable land management, the best water you will ever taste, what's not to like. I'm connected to the whole world with the freedom to choose where and how. 
New York is still around. Government didn't want to let that one go, despite suffering just as much as Philadelphia. She pours your cup first, handing it to you. You take a sip. You feel like you could be here forever. I love it here. Stars, river, sun, random surprise visits from my daughters. You have to spend time doing what you love. You have to. Otherwise, what's the point? You're just wasting your life away. You have to do something. You nod, cupping your tea to warm your palms. She looks around her, stops to watch the sunset for a second. You take it all so hard. People are people. There will always be love. We're whittling away hate like a river wears down a mountain. There'll be times you fail and times you succeed. Now, do you really need to travel through time to know that? Just grow. Never stop learning. You can choose happiness. Do your best to feed your spirit. Would you like another cup of tea? As she pours, the steam rises from your cup and your nostrils catch the clarifying fragrance of sage. It's warmth in your hands, growing into a steady heat. You look down at it and realize your hands are empty. You feel the weight of your phone in your pocket, your car keys scratching your thigh. You look up, and Philadelphia is just as Philly as when you left it. No one's ever said goodbye, a respectful gesture meant to continue throughout life, reminding us that we'll see each other again. You see a park ranger making their rounds around the park. You wave them down, pull out a thumb drive and hand it to them, asking them to listen and keep close care of it. You have another just in case. They nod, turning back to their duties as you walk towards your car. You take the keys from your pocket and notice the taste of sage tea on your tongue. to unpack. What makes one civil throughout generations of woven fabrications? What does freedom mean when only the colonizer's tool strokes the tapestry of past, present, and future? How can you be an efficacious redeveloper of survival knowing that both rage and laughter are ancestral? All right, Jacob, we see you. Lots to ponder, and it's worth it. <laughs> 
Hey, 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 hey.